Welcome back, Cody's fans, to episode 60, 60 of the Chirpin' Yotes podcast. We've got a lot to kind of catch up on after our couple of weeks of draft specials and whatnot. Uh, but before we get into that, I got Matt, I got Grandy, and we have a special guest who we'll announce at the end. Uh, boys, how are we doing? Doing pretty good, doing pretty good. Excited to talk some. Very good. Uh, how's work going today so far? Fun, I hope. All the way up in Phoenix. No, not no, fun. We don't. No, we don't like that. work. No. Okay. Fair enough. Fair you guys, enough. you guys oh. are just lucky. You can't smell me right now. I smell like grease and pollen-filled dirt and ragweed and oh, oil yeah. and it's bad. Allergies, worst nightmare. Yeah, I bet you need some. What do you call it? Nasonex. Oosh. Fun, fun. Well, special guest Chase, welcome back. How are we doing? Fantastic, boys. Uh, been a while. Excited to be back full-time again. Uh, took some time off with some life shit, so it is what it is, but stoked to be back. Stoked to meet Matt. I feel like we're going to pick up right where we left off, Tyler and Grandy, so stoked to be here. Ready to get back into all things Coyotes hockey, um, and yeah, going to be more excited, man. Uh, Misty, boys. Uh, it's been too long for sure. So glad to be back and ready to put, go all in boys. Glad to have you back. Grandy, you ready to talk some hockey? Yeah. Looking forward to this. Looking forward to actually talking about, uh, talking about actual games versus talking about, uh, off the ice stuff or prospects. Like it's been for the last month now. Looking I thought we were doing prospects. Like, no, that's Tyler's no, no, favorite no. thing, right? No, no, I'm done with that. Nope, we're done with that. Yeah, Tyler's well, done with that as long as we can. Now. Yeah. I don't got time for prospects. That's yeah. that's your two's job, so you guys yeah. fill me in. <laughs> Tyler says we're no, done no. for that for now as we're away from the draft, and next week we're <laughs> going to kick into hyper draft focus. Well, I'm taking next week off. Matt can uh, host it. So I'll take next week off. You guys can enjoy that. Jokes aside, <laughs> you guys need me. So I just want to give a quick uh, thank yous for everyone that submitted a mock draft. We look forward to giving you the results. Hopefully, the more the merrier. Get some money donated to charity here. Uh, but let's go ahead and... Uh, actually, before I forget, I forgot to put on the docket myself for my own note. This, of course part of the inside the rink, but we're also going to be expanding just a wee bit. Uh, we are working behind the scenes. Just going to give you guys just a brief thing while I remember. Uh, the Arizona Sports Underground will be kind of our video partner, uh, so we will be doing some collabs with them on their YouTube and as well as our own, and maybe Twitch if I can get that running and going. Uh, our first live stream is set for the draft, uh, as far as I know. I'll Things are going for that, so we'll keep you, obviously, as it gets closer, uh, more details on that. So, the housekeeping out of the way. It looks like Latvia took one from, was it the U.S.? So, or Germany? One of the two. Uh, uh, from, from the IHF. U.S. Huge congratulations so I thought, okay. to Latvia. Huge, awesome. huge, huge congratulations. Great. First time they've ever meddled. Um, they're, they're a very small country over in Europe, and... Uh, what was the turnout? They had like a hundred thousand people, um, yeah, something like you know, that. out in the streets for a parade. Like yeah, for for a parade mm-hmm. for a bronze medal. Um, and granted, it's this fantastic. is a country that you know was 
constantly on that relegation fringe and they'd go up, they'd go down, up, down. And, you know, now they're, they're celebrating a medal. And I know there's a lot of people that talk about, oh, this wasn't like a, a real strong IIHF class and, and whatever, but you know what? These guys are beating NHLers. So uh, to me, that's, that's a huge win for them. And I'm, I'm very happy for them. Sucks that it came at the expense of the U S who hasn't, you know, won a gold medal since what, 1933 at IIHF. It's, it's a drought, real long drought. But, yeah. Yeah. Dang. So Europe still but, from the first world war, we won one of those suckers. It's kind of a, <laughs> but you know what? Congratulations <laughs> to them. They earned that yeah. one. For sure. Yeah, and it's the, uh, Germany, what got silver and then Canada took gold and Germany getting silver. That's pretty cool too. I mean, that's just goes to show it's growing over there. Yeah, the American hates the fact that the uh, that we didn't win that that the Latvia wins it, but the hockey fan of me absolutely loves it. Loves seeing that response. Loves seeing that celebration. Just loves seeing all that kind of stuff. How could you not feel good about Latvia winning bronze when you see all that kind of stuff going on? When you see the amount of celebration going on? But on that note, too. Elvis Merliskins celebrating Lafayette's win after it happened actually got bullied off of Twitter. So can we please not do stuff like this? Just because we lost to that team doesn't mean we have to be jerks to somebody celebrating it who's from that country. Unless it's Canada. Yeah, you can shit on Canada all you want. I do it on a daily basis. In fact, it should be a national holiday to shit on Canada. Move the Blue Jays. That's what I'm saying. That's rally the Blue Jays, baby. Bring them back home, Nashville, nah, Tennessee. Baby. I'm with you though, man. I, I know you and I kind of already had uh, the conversation about. I think Tyler, you were there too. I think we were playing some Warzone or whatnot, but mm-hmm. uh, completely agree. Um, you know, the American fan in me, super bummed. Um, but this is nothing but a huge W for hockey worldwide. Um, and the more eyes that we get on it worldwide, um, you know, the better, um, and you know, the strong push with the hockey is for everyone type thing. So, um, couldn't be more happy to see it, uh, um, from their point of view, obviously it sucks and stings for us. Wish it could have, wish they could have stolen a medal from somebody else at the end of the day, but it is what it is. And if anybody had to do it, I'm glad that it was somebody like Latvia. Um, and yeah, I mean, just cool to watch though, too. Um, you know, I was, I was watching Germany a bunch. Um, so it was, uh, good stuff and it's meaningful hockey at a time where there's not a lot of meaningful stuff going on in the hockey world. So as far as, you know, we are concerned here. Um, so nothing to happy uh, about that. You know, the biggest, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Speaking of the IIHS though. Can we just admit that Canada would be absolutely boned without the Arizona Coyotes? Seeing that the, after possible. they won gold, yeah, after they won gold, seeing the lineup of all the Coyotes players and staff members and head coach, that did, that did feel a little good. Kind of eased the pain of them winning gold a little bit. Yeah, it, it does. Um, I'm I'm really happy for Kraus. He had a phenomenal tournament. McBain played a good role as well. Um, I 
I'd like to add Carcone in there. The reality, though, is he's probably not not going to be in Arizona and probably not going to be in Tucson next year. I think he kind of played himself out of the AHL. Um, and I think he's going to be the next Michael Bunting type candidate where he did enough that a team's going to give him a, a one-way contract and a shot somewhere, you know, even, even in a bottom six role. Um, so good for him. I, he makes five, uh, three players, uh, Doan and, um, Ternier, Andre Ternier, uh, getting medals as well for Canada. So yeah, it's, it's great to see the influence that the Coyotes had on, on team Canada and, and great for coach bear. He's getting some real recognition league wide on the job he did coaching. Um, I don't think enough people understand how bad Arizona would have been if Rick Tockett was still the coach. Um, <laughs> right now, right now, Arizona would be pissed off because we were taking Adam Fantilli instead of Connor Bedard when Chicago won the lottery. Arizona would have been dead last this year without Coach Bear. It's good for the future when we do need him to kind of build those players up. But I'll, I'll take him. Glad, you know, good recognition for us all there. Uh, but it looks like, uh, well, we have our step cup final is set. We have the Cats from the East, Vegas in the West. What do we, I know, uh, Granny, you mentioned earlier, I think all of us just about picked Bruins out of the East on that one. Are we shocked at the you know, these two teams making it? Is this something that we're kind of like, I think, honestly, after they beat the Bruins, I'm not shocked. But before that, yeah, I definitely was pretty surprised. But just, uh, Matt, especially, uh, you can go ahead and go first. But what do you what do you think of this matchup? What do you like? What don't you like? Uh, well, to start with, I'm, I'm surprised they beat the Bruins. Um, I don't buy in quite as much as everybody else to this big, you know, there's a 50-point difference, you know, at the end of the regular season between them. They limp their way in, you know, if Chicago doesn't beat Pittsburgh, the whole narrative there. Um, Florida was on 106 point pace going back to January 1st. They were every bit in contention. Um, you know, they weren't the, they're not the Cinderella team that shouldn't be there. Um, I'm still surprised they beat Boston, but I, I don't, I don't think it's as big of a shock to me, maybe as it is to everybody else. Uh, from that standpoint, watching how good they played down the stretch. Um, as far as the matchup goes, I, I I hope Bob stays hot. I love Aiden Hill, but I would hate it. Hate it. Absolutely. It would. The only thing worse would be a, a Canadian team winning the cup. But if Vegas wins a cup, uh, it, it'd kill me. Yeah. Bob, right that, there. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Randy. Oh, yeah. On that Aiden Hill subject, though, because I've seen a lot of fans talking about how um, upset they are that he's in the Stanley Cup Finals after we traded him. If he stayed on the Coyotes, there's there's no impact. There's no impact on the Coyotes. There's no impact on any of that really because he had a. a okay regular season but it wasn't anything spectacular his goals saved above expected he finished below where Carol Melka and Connor Ingram uh, finished he just played on a far better team and 
and had or had the uh, for, uh, had the luck to do so. The playoffs has been a different matter. He's been incredible in the playoffs, but he doesn't get there with the Coyotes. That doesn't change anything about the Coyotes' fate. Nothing like that. Just wanted to throw that in there because I've seen a lot of people. Um, I've seen a lot of people upset about that. Yeah, right there with you. Um, as far as uh, uh, the Cats making it to the finals, uh, once they knocked Boston off, um, you know, I, I kind of picked them to kind of like be the team that I followed through, you know, the playoffs and everything like that. Um, so kind of cool to see them actually go all the way through with it. Uh, Matt, I love the point about, you know, the, the 50 point difference and, and stuff like that. Um, if there's one thing that I've learned in hockey, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, we've, we've seen it firsthand when the Kings dethroned or, you know, claimed the throne after taking us out in 2012. So, I mean, it's, it's a lot, or, uh, I guess it's not as rare in hockey is what I'm trying to say. Um, but uh, yeah, and then a couple of moments ago, I kind of spoke. I, I can't remember if I said that, you know, there wasn't any meaningful hockey going on. I meant in regards to the Coyotes and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, kind of seeing the prospects and Coach Bear and stuff like that kind of being in that tournament. So um, that was just wanted to make that correction. But uh, yeah, I am. <laughs> give me anybody but Vegas, please. Um, I would love nothing more for this to be a sweep. That's never going to happen, but that's what I'm praying for right now. Uh, I might even go throw, you know, 20 bucks on it. Sure, the odds are fantastic for it to happen, but uh, that would be my dream. But yeah, I can't stand Vegas. That's the last team I want to see win at this point. Uh, I'm full in on the Cats. Love uh, Kachuk. Uh, you boys know how big of a fan of his dad I was. That's uh, you know, like my first jersey and everything like that uh, growing up. So. A special connection to that family I was always bummed when we yep, big Walt I was always bummed when we got rid of him to St. Louis. Um, but you know, I followed him and his career even through that portion of his career. Um, and then to see his boys up in the league doing some good things and Matt getting to the cup final right now. Um, uh, I'm pulling for him all the way. Uh, but Bob, man. Unreal. I, I, I feel like it was shit two years ago when we were like, this is probably the worst contract in NHL history. And yeah, he's going to so. be out of the league soon. Mm. Dude was getting torched for seven a game every night, it felt like at one point, and getting pulled. But, you know, it is what it is. Props to him. He's, he's on his game right now. Hope to see it continue. Obviously, that's going to make the Cats' um, job a lot easier if he can continue to play like that. But, yeah, I'm, I'm Cats all the way, man. Let's go. All right, so Bob's ten million a year. He's been, let's call it rough for the last two years. He's got mm-hmm. what three years left on that deal. If they win a cup this year, and Bob goes back to let's call it rough for the next three years, but you got that one run out of him, is his contract worth it? Yeah. Yes. Anything is yes, worth it if you win a cup. Yeah. Especially for a franchise like Florida or, you know, us. I mean, <laughs> who knows the next time we're going to have another opportunity or Florida's going to have another opportunity. When was the last time they were there? 93 or 94, somewhere around there. Um, worth it. And then, nine, nine, uh, 90, um, 98, maybe? 10 out of time. 
Was it that late I, in the nineties? I can't yeah, quite I, remember. Yeah, I, I want to say ninety three was the Kings and the Canadians. Probably um, right. But I I want to say actually Tyler didn't didn't Detroit beat them in one of those two series? Or was that in the early or in the late nineties? One of the one of the Red Wings Cup wins didn't that come against Florida? Oh, did we lose Tyler? Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Uh, we'll have to check on that. But no, I'm so, Oh, all right. <laughs> um, I was barking. I was like, "What the heck is he doing? He's just bored. Oh. He gets bored and does that." So. Um. All right. Well, so you guys agree that that it makes Bob's contract worth it. Uh, between Bob and Kachuk, who's your? It, uh, this is assuming Florida wins. Who's your con Smythe? It's real tight. It's real close. Um, I think it's going to depend on who has the better Stanley Cup series. But right now, I have to give it to Kachuk. Just the the timely goals he scored, the absolute dominance he's played every time he's on the ice. Um, just physical. It, it's been unreal. He's been a man possessed this playoffs, but I don't think I've seen a tighter race between two Conn Smythe candidates than this one. Um, you could argue if Vegas wins, Bob still probably deserves the Conn Smythe even over a few of the Vegas people. That might be a hard sell for me. I, I think Jack Eichel's been quietly very, very, very impressive. Um, oh, yeah. Jack uh, Eichel's, Jack Eichel's winning it. If Vegas wins it through, he's winning it. I'm just saying there's an argument to be made that he uh, he deserves I, it still. I think at that, that point, really yeah, though. at that point, they're second. I mean, Bob is second at that point, yeah. What's really funny is I saw a meme that I found that Dallas, like their, their lost post or whatever, and it said, congratulations, he got beat by a guy with a fake neck and a picture of Zach, Jack Eichel, and I fucking died. That shit was so... I've thought about that shit for the next, like, two days. A man with a fake neck about to win the the, raw, the fucking trophy, bro. That's fucking wild. So, That's crazy. Yeah. As we're... Uh, after Chase uh, gives his thoughts on the Con Smythe, I have a question I want to bring up. Oh, yeah. No, great. I, I was just pretty much going to agree with you right now. Um, I, I'd like to see Kachuk win it, obviously, but, I mean, you, you throw Bob up there if he throws, you know, Point nine or ninety three save percentage and under two goals and a game, then you're probably looking at him. Um, even you know two and a half goals a game if you can outscore and win the series, and you're probably looking pretty good chance for Bob. But I love watching Kachuk, man. So that's going to be my pick too. Um, just feel like like everything you said, man. I mean, from hits, overtime goals, timely goals, timely shifts, just little things that he's doing. Um, I'm finding it very enjoyable to watch. So. That's going to be my hope for the pick, but I probably, um, you know, if Bob continues his tear, it's probably going to go there. All right, so I'm going Kachuk here, and I don't think it's as close as what you guys have made it out to be. Um, there's a case to be made that Florida's not where they are without Bob, and that's true. I, I do wonder how they do against Toronto without Bob. However, all the people that say, Florida doesn't get past Boston without him. I I don't get it. 
because Bob gave up five goals in two of those games that he started. Um, he gave up 17 in the four. In those four games, Matthew Kachuk, four goals, four assists, eight points. Um, in eight of Florida's 12 wins, Matthew Kachuk has either scored the goal or has an assist on the game-winning goal. Like He's, he's in on eight of their 12 game-winning goals. Um, against Carolina, Bob played great. Matthew Kachuk walked them off three times, twice in overtime and once with, what, five seconds left in regulation. Um, in the one nothing win that they probably lose without Bob, Matthew Kachuk had the primary assist on that game-winning goal. That series is, even with Bob, that series is probably going to game six or going to game seven without Matthew Kachuk. Um, uh, 100% agree that, you know, Bob is the reason that the Toronto series is over in five games. Um, that series probably goes seven without Bob, and Toronto probably wins it. So I got to hand that to Bob. But I, in terms of the guy who won them the series, uh, it's two to one, Kachuk, uh, to me, hands down. He's the reason they beat Boston. He's the reason they beat Carolina. I I think the I think the margins against Carolina though were so slim. Carolina really poured on the gas for three of those games. I mean, it's really tough not to give Bob and Kachuk equal credit against Carolina. Yeah, uh, and like I said, without Bob, I I think maybe that series goes six games, but I still think Florida wins it. I I think Kachuk was too dominant. Um. He's the reason that series was a sweep. There's no doubt in my mind. And he's got a knack for scoring those big goals. I I guess maybe I'm I'm thinking those games are higher scoring games if Florida's playing from behind more often. Um that completely changes that dynamic. So I I still still give the edge to to Kachuk in that series. Yeah, yeah, I think a Chuck's probably going to get it. I'd be surprised if he didn't, to be honest. Do you know what's of the? Uh, how do I say it? Like, so real quick series. before we move on, okay. before we move on, there was two comments made by coaches from the conference finals that uh, got a lot of <laughs> flack. I kind of want everyone's. I kind of want everyone's opinions on both of the statements. One is the one we all know is coming, the Bruce Cassidy comments about Arizona. The other one, though, is uh, Rob Brindamore, after the series, said that it wasn't a standard sweep. It wasn't a normal sweep. Um, and I, I want to I hear your boys' thoughts on both of those. So starting with Rod Brindamore, I get what he means about it not being a normal sweep. It's one of those things where, you know, he's going to have issue with the the challenge that didn't go his way on the Matthew Kachuk goal in game four, which, you know, it's goaltender interference. Nobody actually knows that rule. Um, Carolina generally outplays just about everybody they play. Um uh, but for what it's worth, I think they were like 23rd or 24th in the league or something like that in um, high danger chances uh, relative to or relative to shot attempts, high danger chances. 
they absolutely decimated the rest of the league in shot attempts and in low danger, low risk shots. Um, that's Carolina is like the PDO darling of the NHL PDO being, uh, you know, at shooting, uh, what is it? Shooting percentage versus their own save percentage. Uh, anything over a hundred percent you're doing well. Well, that's how they achieved it by taking quite a few shots. Um, absolutely limiting high danger chances um in this series florida capitalized on their chances carolina took a ton of shots but to me taking a ton of shots doesn't guarantee you anything so for brenda moore saying it's not a standard sweep it's not you know the the series doesn't reflect what actually you know happened i gotta disagree with him I, I think Bob made some big saves, but like game one, how how many chances did you guys see Carolina take through four overtimes? They kind of just sat back a little bit and let the game come to them. They played the bend, don't break, you know that sort of thing. Um, but they weren't the they weren't the riskier team until maybe halfway game halfway through game three. And by then it was too late. So I, I got to disagree with him on that. What about the Bruce Cassidy? <sighs> no, nah, I can't say it on here. I'm sorry. It's the dumb fucking uh, thing to say, bro. That's just the I'm dumb not... fucking thing to say. Like, you, like why the fuck? And what, I mean, you get clapped by the Coyotes 4 1. Oh, you know, you're dumbass. I, I'm sure he though. wasn't even thinking about the fact that they lost 4-1 in January, which is ironic because he did bring up Arizona and January and the number of giveaways. So, I mean, he, he just looks like an ass for it, but yeah, he does. that's absolutely fucking ridiculous that a coach of another team would draw in a team who you're not playing. They weren't in the playoffs. Like, yeah, nothing to do with it, dude. Not even the same yeah, division, like, nothing. You, nothing to do with it. Shut the fuck up. What are you doing? Shut the fuck up. I hope she sees this, bro. I hope he, I hope she saw that and he got laid or whoever he was trying to impress. I hope uh, she was impressed because that was just the dumbest fuck thing to say. Like, good Lord, were you on the playground? Shut up. Grant, do you want to go next yeah. or you want me to go? Oh no! I want to. I want to hear everybody's thoughts, and I'll go. So go ahead. Okay, man. cool. Yeah, I mean, as far as Brenda Moore goes, I mean, I I get what he's trying to say, but it still sounds kind of weird. And um, but you know, I put myself in the situation of being up on the podiums at times, and I say some pretty off the wall crap a lot of the time. So I can kind of see it happening, but. It's just, it's just weird, weird comments. Um, I mean, I get that you're, you know, proud of your team. You're, you know, everything like that. They played, they did play hard. They were in all the games and everything like that. But I mean, a sweep's a sweep, no matter which way you cut it. Um, and then Cassidy, I think I pretty much just echo all of your sentiments. And it's a fuck thing to say. And fuck you, buddy. Get the fuck out. We don't like you. Never step foot in the state. Yeah, it was so, four to one. Jesus Christ! All I can say about the Bruce Cassidy comments is it's going to be real fun when 
in three it. years. When in three years, the Vegas Golden Knights are going to suck ass because they have absolutely no future and mm-hmm. they're quickly aging. And the Coyotes are going to be coming into their own. We're absolutely dominating. I would pay good money for Andre Turdier to come up to the play- the stands after a playoff loss and say, "Yeah, it's just not the kind of game you can play against the Vegas Golden Knights in January." Uh, I Better yet, in, good, in November, I'd pay good money to see that. <laughs> um, but as for the Rob Brindamore comments, I. I mean, I I understand where he's coming from with it. It's there were four one goal losses. That's four bounces away from it being essentially a sweep the other direction. It, it was an incredibly close series, an incredibly fun series. That I mean, quite frankly, we as hockey fans were robbed that it didn't go to seven games. It would have been an absolute amazing series to have it gone to seven games and I wouldn't be shocked if that two series was more entertaining than the Stanley Cup finals we have up here but I just I understand where he's coming from with it because it's a sweep you can't sugarcoat it and he's not saying it's not a sweep but it isn't it wasn't a standard sweep they were so close three overtime or two overtime games and a game decided with five seconds left. I mean, you can't get any closer by margin than that in a series. It just so happens that none of them went his way. Um, I can only shrug. Oh, well. My counter, that, my counter <laughs> to that, Grandy, I'm sorry, but it, it's not the first time a series has been close. I, you still, I, I still don't think you can come out as a coach after getting swept and defend the way you got swept. Like, lost you, lost. I mean, you're yeah, still I playing mean, golf it, in Cancun. I mean, it doesn't matter. And, and I, I do mean, agree with you. I mean, bounces are everything in hockey. They really are. And, and, you know, getting goal lead and, and there's tons of terms for why teams lose. I mean, follow Toronto fans on Twitter. They got excuses for everything. So, Yes, we I would have won I, if we scored more points. Like, well. I, I don't have an issue if Carolina fans feel that way because, yeah, it, it really was a close series and bounces could have gone one way or another. But the reality is, if you're Carolina and you're Coach Brindamore, you don't come out and say that series was close because it makes you say, or it makes you sound like, well, we tried and I wouldn't do anything differently next time. Because it was yeah. that close. That that's how it sounds to me. You can't come out and say that. It's a sorry your participation ribbon. Yeah. Exactly. I mean again though, with with that argument, the whole I wouldn't change anything I've done, is that a different series if they have both Svechnikov and Taravinen, two of their top line players? Yeah, maybe it is, but, sure, you but that was not what they you had. You can't go into next season like, well, if we had, we would have won, yeah. so we're not going to change anything. Because the reality is, every every team is going to deal with stuff like that. That's, like, there's it's yeah. the beauty of that, playoffs. That's just, yeah, that's how it is. the The whole reason Florida nearly missed the playoffs was they were playing with what, like a third of their roster missing for the first two and a half months of the season. 
I mean, teams go through that. You have to plan for that. So you can't come out and be like, we were that close, guys. We were a couple of bounces away. It wasn't a normal sweep. Don't read anything into it. If we did it again, we'd win. You know, that that can't be it. Like, you have to come out and go, you know what? We we lost. We lost. We should have done something different. Um, you know, when it didn't produce wins through the first two games, we shouldn't have gone into game three playing the exact same way we played in the first two games. Uh, you know, something had to change. We didn't adjust. We didn't make changes. But um, to be fair, if you listen to the full press conference, he's saying all of that. He is saying, yeah, we should have made changes. This was more him defending his players saying that it was closer than it was closer than a standard sweep, which again, I can't think of the last time a sweep was decided by four get four goals. But if, but if he you want to say, hey, we have if we you want to defend your this, players on that, if you want to defend your players, you have to come out and say, look, I I got out coached. This one's on me. Yeah. Um, you know, that, you you can't you can't go. They played really well and it was super close. Like it, it really does sound like you're saying. We participated in this and we fought hard and we should hang our heads high and be proud. Because, no, you you lost in four straight games in the Eastern Conference Finals for, what, the second time in four years. You have to be better. You can't, you can't hang the series on it wasn't a normal sweep. It just sounds like to me, I mean, I hate to reference a coach that I don't like, but Grandpa are always saying, like, oh, you know, we failed to make adjustments. The boys gave their best. It's like, okay, I mean, that doesn't win you. Conference final, but I mean, how how fuck does Carolina? I think there's a lot of contracts due with that team, right? If I remember right, so they're, no, they're actually, getting there's there's none. The only one that they're well, losing they're, is Accuretti, and their two goalies who their goalies have been have been replaceable throughout Carolina's existence because of the way they play. I mean, they can they've been able to plug in just about any goalie and be successful there. However, having said that, I really do think that they should look at investing in that this offseason. But the only player of consequence that's a free agent this year is Pacioretty, and he played five games for them, so what consequence is that to them right now? Um, Sebastian Ajo is a free agent the year after, but as long as they get him extended this offseason, that's, that's not a big deal, actually. So would you not, sign if you're Sebastian Ajo? If you're Ajo, would you still sign, or would you look for, in air quotes, greener pastures? You sticking with them? What if you're, what, what greener pastures than the team that's been to the conference finals in the last two years? I mean, Coyotes. <laughs> well, here's here's Carolina's biggest issue outside of Gotheniemi. Um, they don't they don't have any corner contract for one more year. So if you're if you're Carolina, you have a ton of work to do when it comes to to contracts because you have to sell to all of these guys that you're going to get all of them back. In a normal situation, you can sell one guy on, you know, this is the core. All these guys are here. They're all signed. Come back, play with them. You you know how this team's built and the direction we want to go. But right now, 
Carolina can't sell anybody on that. They're they're basically saying we want everybody back, but all these players are they're also you know they understand that right now Carolina's not built long term on these contracts. So what what starts to get said around that room? You know, well maybe I I might want to test free agency. Well, if Aho wants to test free agency. Do I want to sign long term? Uh, you know, and, and that that can snowball throughout a room. So it's not so much that Carolina's losing a lot of guys this year because they're not. They're going to return most of that core, but they're in a worse situation than we've talked about with Toronto, who you know Austin Matthews and and William Nylander are in the last year of their deals and. Marner's got two more, but Morgan Riley and Tavares are there long term, and and we've talked about how bad it can be for Toronto with guys coming due, but they're only getting them one or two guys a year. So I think it's a big issue right now for Carolina. The difference, the difference between that though, is of those contracts that are up the year after, the only two that are not RFA are Tavo Teravainen and Sebastian Ajo. And they've already made it clear that ta- that Sebastian Ajo is going to get the Brinks truck backed up to him this offseason. So uh, I can't imagine him leaving. And again, if he stays, I can't imagine Tavo leaving. He was he but, was willing to sign. He was willing to sign the offer sheet for Montreal, and yeah, that wasn't was. even a great offer. That wasn't even a great offer. So you know, it it makes you wonder. They they can back whatever truck up to him they want, but he also knows that. Somebody else in free agency will probably do the same. I, I'm not saying that Carolina can't get this done. I'm just saying I, I think there could be but some problems there where you, you end used, up with a Calgary, a Calgary type Toronto, situation. You used Toronto it, as the example when again, all but those two are RFA. Every single contract that's up because they do they have a lot of contracts up the year after, but they're all RFA. You have sure, but Toronto and Calgary players. both, yeah, Toronto and Calgary both went through the same thing, and Toronto got you know a bunch of contracts done that walked guys into UFA. Calgary got the same thing. Matthew Kachuk was going to walk at the end of this year if he wasn't did walk. Fighting Elias Lindholm right now, you still have to just because they're RFAs doesn't necessarily mean that Carolina's core is built for the next eight years and that they've got this great window. I, I still think they're in a well, unique no, any, situation. When we talk about, when we talk about contending windows, I think it gets brought up way too often. That, oh, they have this long window. Realistically, your window is at most five years. They have two years left to do this essentially before these guys start making a ton of money. But that's I'd say, listen, I'd say next year is probably their do or die with all those contracts coming up. That's going to be true of any team. I mean, again, if you want to bring up the Toronto or the Calgary thing, they each had, this is the end. This is the end of Toronto's year. This is the, this is it. This is Toronto's window this year. It closes shut after this. Calgary's was, well, we thought it'd be this year, but no, it was, last year 
Yeah, that Toronto window's closed. They, I don't know what they're going to do, but that's they, they're fucked. They're fine in the fact that it doesn't affect them this year. And when you're in your Stanley Cup window, you have to go year by year. Yeah. Yeah, again. I mean, again, like we just said with Bob, though. Them winning the Stanley Cup, that makes everything. Bob goes from one of the worst contracts ever signed to he was worth it because they won a cup. Because that's your window. Yeah, but there's nobody that you're going to look at in Carolina and be like, that's a terrible contract. I, I think that's a totally different situation. Um, I think what ultimately is going to burn Carolina, and, and I know you brought up they've got team control because they're all RFAs. Um, it, it doesn't matter if they're all RFAs. If you can't fit them all into the cap, you might have team control, but you might have to trade them just because you can't afford to keep them. And I think that factors into uh, Carolina's contract issues as well. That's what I was gonna say was you can give the Brinks truck yeah. to Aho, but then you can't give everybody. So yeah. I think yeah, that window's closing. I mean, the nice thing about having all those RFAs is that you can get kind of tricky and creative with salary cap. Like I mean, it's 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 creeping its way into every sport now. Um, you know, you might get some you know front loaded, you might get some back loaded, but uh, if the team is has the desire to keep their core together, they're gonna find a way to make it happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, you guys both make great points though, but, uh, I, I, Carolina, man, I, I feel like it's still going to be a wagon for a long fucking time. Yeah. I, I'm not oh. saying they're falling out of playoff contention or anything like that. Um, or that they're even going to become the Islanders because they're not an old team like that. No. But I, I do think, I do think they're getting pretty close. Like Randy said, to maybe the end of their window right now. Um, you know, they, what was it? Four years ago, they lost to Tampa in the Eastern conference finals yeah. or, or maybe the divisional round, but yeah, they, they've made deep playoff runs four straight years now, and they haven't gotten over the hump. It actually makes me wonder what's on the horizon for Rod Brindamore at that point, because if, that, if you're Carolina, you might look at that and go, We've assembled this phenomenal team, but we haven't gotten over the hump. See, that's the interesting part to me because we've brought up already that system that they play. Because um, the system fascinates me because it they makes it makes them look so good. Like just looking at the team, it makes them look so good. But a lot of that is so empty. Um, with the players they have. Shouldn't be that way. Sebastian Ajo is an incredibly talented player who never gets his due because of because of that system. Same thing with Zvechnikov. Same thing with Tavo. Um. Uh, I think I think next year should be Rob Brindamore's make or break year. And this is Rob Brindamore is a fantastic coach who raises the floor of any team he's on because he has such a tight system like that. But I, I'm not so certain that that's the type of coach that can get you over the hump though. You know, fun thing to think about, would we even be having this conversation about them 
and Florida and how that series went if Jordan Martinuk didn't have like 11 points against New Jersey? <laughs> I mean, point. New Jersey's goaltending kind of. Oh, yeah, they, they, they let him down. They definitely uh, let him mean, down. But this is this is like Bob beat Toronto. Jordan Martinuk did quite a bit to beat the Devils. You know, we're not talking yeah. about a core piece either. We're talking about like a fourth line guy who was scratched talking, earlier in the year. We're talking about a guy that when we were listing the free agents, I didn't even feel he was worthy of mentioning, despite the fact that he's okay. which is kind of funny because it just it goes yeah. to show you the randomness that some playoffs is because. Who the hell had Jordan Martin Nuke? And I, I, he, I loved him on the Coyotes. I thought he was a great fourth line player for us. Um, but who the hell had him scoring eleven points in a seven game series? It's insane. Well, I mean, they only played five card. games. Yeah, he he was over two points a game in that series. <laughs> two point two a game, Jesus. It's the beauty of hockey. It's just it's that sport. Anything can happen once you punch your ticket. Doesn't matter who you are, what you're. Right, going back to the Bruins or whatever. You know, after that big, it was Lightning when they won. You know, whatever the most who cares, and they got swept by a Blue Jackets. That was the game where I was like, damn, it really anything can really happen. It really doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. It's it's NHL players are probably the most chaotic. They have to be. Yeah. Maybe some NFL games like that. I'm sure some stat nerd will be like, oh, you're actually in 1979 play. Who cares? NFL's boring. So yeah, that, It's like the 7-9 Seahawks beating the Saints. But the difference that, like, yeah, yeah. between years the, ago. The difference between the NFL and the NHL is the NFL is designed so that random stuff happens. One game playoffs, anything can happen at any point because that's the whole point. Any team can rise up and beat a team in one circumstance. But a seven-game series, the fact that anything can happen in a seven-game series, it's just awesome. It's just, it just, it's just awesome. <laughs> that Rob the amount that has to go right on it. Interesting, man. Like that's, I mean, we don't have to look very far to see what just happened to one of the coaches in the valley for you know uh, oh, yeah. and, Good old i mean money money yeah i mean he changed our culture and everything like that now it's basketball and it's a little bit different but i mean <laughs> the dallas yeah, a, a out new owner a new owner and, changes that yeah. dynamic a little bit too there but yeah that's what i thought yeah even if it was a new owner, but yeah. yeah all right well swinging it out west Vegas and Dallas. There's a lot of people who thought that was like the most boring series they've ever watched. I enjoyed certain things about it. I love the fact that they played six games and Jamie Ben didn't play a single game that they won. That was well, fun. I hate Jamie Ben. So Jamie Ben yeah. hater. Pray for his downfall every day. Um, <laughs> I, that that was a hard one. I once we got down to the final four teams in the West: Vegas, Seattle, Dallas, Edmonton. I didn't want any of them to win. I, I wanted oh, no. all of them to just like forfeit and say, you know what, let the East play it out. Um, Two East teams, like it's an NHL game for the Biden by yeah. kid. <laughs> but you know what? I the one guy that I absolutely feel for is Joe Pavelski. Yeah, I, that's true. I hope I hope he wins a cup before he hangs it up. Um, 
and he may not even be back next year. I mean, we we could have seen the last Joe Pavelski game, but I I would just I hope he goes somewhere where he can win one. I want him to be like Joe Thornton, but not as irrelevant late in his career. I love that's Jumbo Joe. Still, that's one of the most fascinating things about Joe Pavelski is how much his game has aged so well despite playing a largely power forward style game. I mean, he's scored the most goals via deflection of any player in NHL history now because they, his hand-eye coordination is just insane. He's He is so good. He is so underratedly good. I've seen the question popping up this year, this uh, after that playoff series that is he a Hall of Famer in that is something where I've actually gone back and forth on myself because it's like he has all the stats. He has everything. Why isn't he considered? Why isn't he in that uh, kind of air or mentioned in that uh, talk? But if you don't win a cup, if you don't win a cup, you have to be, you have to be like head and shoulders above the field if you don't have a Stanley Cup. And I, I think that's just it. I He's been a top, what, 50 player in the league for most of his career. Um, but he hasn't won. And to me, that's that's enough to keep him out of the Hall of Fame. If you're a top 10 player your entire career, if you're Connor McDavid, I don't give a shit if you only win like three playoff series your entire career, you're in the Hall of Fame. But yeah. if you're Corey Perry and you don't win a Stanley Cup, I don't think you get in. You might have, you know, a rocket to your name or you know, one you know, one a little bit of hardware here and there, but you have to win a cup if you're not you know, a top 10 player. You're not that guy. Uh, but in but on the series itself, it wasn't my favorite series of the playoffs to watch but also i didn't find it boring like other people watched for one if vegas wins i'm going to be pissed off for every single player but one and that's jack eichel to come back from that back injury after the buffalo sabers refused to allow allow him to have it and to come back and be this dominant on this stretch has been just awesome to watch he is the only player on Vegas I'm rooting for, but I'm I'm all aboard the Cats train because just I don't want to see Vegas win, man. I know we used to touch on that Jackie Ace's uh, injury and him wanting the surgery and everything like that. How I, I, I just forget now. Like, how long did he ask for that shit? It was at least a couple of years, wasn't it? Uh, it wasn't quite a couple of years. Wow. The, the whole thing was he had. He initially had the herniated disc. Um, they tried different therapies and things like that. He was in and out of the lineup. And then they got to the point where it was, okay, well, it's going to need surgery. And I think that went on for like a total of six months. And the issue wasn't so much that Buffalo didn't want him to have surgery. The issue was Buffalo wanted a fusion and Jack Eichel wanted a disc replacement. And they couldn't come to terms on that. Picnic. So looking it up, it, it was going on for 13 months, the 
disagreement between yeah. him and yeah, I, I thought Buffalo. So. I thought it touched parts of two um, seasons for some odd reason, but yeah. I, but I yeah, do remember was. the different therapies and things like that that Eichel tried, but the, the actual sitting out, I don't remember it being a full season. Yeah, he lost I, a full he, season to it. Did he lose a full season? Okay. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, um, that's like Vegas kind of took him and let him do it, so prayed out for him. At least, yeah. Now, 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 it just kind of sucks from his standpoint because he could have had it done that much sooner and been, you know, mm-hmm. up to this level a year well, sooner. But you know, it yep. is what it is. I I think it benefits both the player and the team in in both situations. Honestly, Vegas got it got the best player in that trade, but I don't think Buffalo is knocking on a playoff door without that deal getting done either. So. You know, I I think it worked out for both. Honestly, no, it, it definitely worked out for both. It's just mismanagement on their part. Like, I mean, you've got one of your best assets coming to you saying, "Oh, this stuff's not working. This stuff's not working. I've got this idea. Let me do it." And you're going to tell me no? I don't think so. And, but going back to the Buffalo Sabers with this, I just it just hit me how painful it must be watching the Stanley Cup Finals as a Buffalo Saber fan because. The two biggest pieces of your rebuild are or were Sam Reinhart and Jack Eichel. Sam Reinhart on the Florida Panthers, Jack Eichel on the on the Vegas Golden Knights, both playing huge roles for their teams. That's it's gotta be painful to watch. Uh, they're coming out. Yeah, yeah. I'd be I'd be a little upset. I don't know. To me, it's kind of like Aiden Hill. In Vegas, like I'm, I'm happy for him, but Sam Ryan, the whole Sam Reinhardt thing was he didn't work out there for a long enough period of time. It wasn't mismanagement. It it wasn't any of that. The I don't want to know. I don't say the system failed him or what it was, but it it just wasn't. He was a slow developing player. That's what it was. That's what uh, yeah, it, it wasn't for him and. And he was asked to be either a number one center or you get Eichel and then they stick him on the wing. They experiment with playing him out of his position. I, it, it just wasn't a great fit for him. Um, getting to play behind Barkov in, in uh, Florida, that's, that's a big deal. I mean, that helps quite a bit. How big is that uh, Chuck trade going to be looked at, though? Like, it'll be looked at back like in twenty years as one of the best trades ever, or will it just be just a another one? You think that Chuck? If they That's, win the cup, uh, that it. I think they have to win the cup this year. For I right now, to me, that trade is like on the the trade is Taylor Hall for Adam Larson one for one. Like that's that's how bad it was for Calgary, and I'm not shitting on Calgary having to make the move because I think they got a good return for a player who was leveraging his way out of there, but they traded maybe one of the top five best players in the league right now for you know a guy who signed an eight year contract that kicks in when he's thirty in Huberto who who only had one truly elite season one um, truly elite season where over half of his points came via secondary assist 
Ouch. That, that and, was quite, and quite a few of them on the power play. The last year. Yeah. And, you know, they get Uyghur, who and nothing against Uyghur. Calgary absolutely shit the bed on his deployment. They didn't use him much at all on the power play. And that's that's a huge mistake. He was a phenomenal power play quarterback, um, a second unit quarterback in Florida. He quarterbacked the top unit for the IIHF Team Canada that won gold, and he looked unbelievably good on that power play unit. So a little mismanagement there. I think he's going to have a better year next year, especially with you know somebody other than Daryl Sutter calling the shots there. Um, they also get the first round pick, but they use the first round pick to unload Sean Monahan's contract in the last year of Sean Monahan's contract as if they needed that cap space to make a playoff run, which they didn't do. So to me, that's uh, you kind of have to include that because they used an asset to offload Monahan in a year that they didn't need to. That was a poor decision, that was a poor use. Of assets, kind of like the signing Huberto to an eight-year deal, um, you know, that's going to cap strap him. Audrey to a five-year deal. I don't necessarily mind the Cadre signing. Um, the The idea is that Cadre is going to play behind Lindholm, and you know he's going to be your second-line center. He went off in Colorado. Um, as to be expected, but he was Colorado's best player, um, you know, in the year they won a cup. So not upset about that. Kadri also had plenty of success in Toronto, despite the fact that people in Toronto don't want to admit that. He, was, he also made some stupid mistakes, but um, yeah, I, I don't hate that one. If if Kadri gets, you know, a longer deal and a much more expensive deal because of one year, that bothers me. Uyghur got what four million more than Kadri or three million more than Kadri for three more years than Kadri, and he got it a year older than him. So that's that to me can't happen. Yeah, it's just uh. That, that that trade is just something else. I mean, again, it was mismanagement on Calgary's part. Uh, if you want to say it, it's so incredibly tough to trade a player when you were the best team in the West or finished for well, did they finish first last year in the West? I'm trying to remember. But they're I, I know they yeah. I know they were a top two team because they played Dallas in the first round. Yeah. And yeah. you know that you wouldn't play across divisions in that scenario. So Um, but to go from you ah, to go from that to what they were this year is just so sad. But it, it's it, kind it's of funny though, if you was, go back like ten years with them, they alternate years missing and making the playoffs for like 10 straight years now they've made it like five of the last 10 years but never two years in a row yeah that's crazy i'm looking at that right now that is <laughs> insane also well has a full no trade clause that is 
That's painful. I again, I I think Uyghur will be the one that works out of that trade. That he might be the only piece that actually comes to fruition for them. Um, but so I, I the no trade doesn't hurt as much there, but it's still as much as. Yeah, well, as much as I'd like to say Calgary did a great job because they were going to lose an asset, it's Calgary's fault they gave him a three-year bridge deal to begin with and let him basically put himself in a position to to leverage his way out. You're seeing that with a couple teams recently who put themselves in horrible positions giving bridge deals to their RFAs. Matthews may not technically be a bridge deal, but the reason why Toronto is in the state they are this offseason is because Toronto or a Matthews deal comes up next year and is a complete UFA at the youngest possible age you can be. It's just bridge deals just seem like Everyone talks about the risk of long-term deals, and there's plenty of risk there, but there is just as much risk with with bridge deals as we are seeing with, with all of these. Yep, agree there. Definitely agree there. So we've talked a little bit about Vegas, talked a lot about Florida, um, talked about the fact that pretty much everybody wants Florida to win the Cup. Realistically. Does everybody think Florida is going to win the cup? How many games is it going to take? I want to hear your guys' predictions. I got Florida and Florida and six. It just feels right to me. I feel like it'll be a battle, but I think Florida does win it in six. I give them the six. I'm going Florida seven. I hate myself, but I'm going Vegas in seven. I want Florida to win so bad. I want them Nobody's to win. Gonna take them. But Vegas, up and down the lineup, Vegas is the better team. Now, so hopefully, the Bruins. hopefully Bob, I'm getting to that. Hopefully <laughs> Bob and Kachuk can keep this dominance they've gone up because, like I said, I want the Panthers to win. But, oh man, Vegas is, is, Vegas is a really good team and this is going to be a fun series, no matter what. Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely a really good series. I'm going to take Florida in six because I'd like to see Florida win and hoist the cup at home. And they will be the road team in this series. So game six would be in Florida. Um, that that would be what I'd like. I think Florida wins the series regardless of how many games because I think they're a better coach team. I never cared for Paul Maurice as a coach, but if you go back and he's, he's from where he came from Winnipeg and there's a team that just kind of fell apart when he departed. So to me, and then you look at the turnaround Florida had to me, I, I think they're much better coached with Paul Maurice than Bruce Cassidy in Vegas. I think that's going to be the difference in this series. I am not a Bruce Cassidy fan, so I am glad you said that. But that is one thing that I'm I'm glad you brought up too, the Paul Maurice thing, because he was 
he almost shamefully left Winnipeg because of how all that went down and how everything was going. And it is so good to see him after a, after leaving like that, essentially resigning because look, they they won't they they just won't listen to me anymore. To see him go to Florida and have this much success, it it does it. I like that. So yeah, I agree. Only Winnipeg yeah. had an airport. That that Winnipeg downfall is is pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Now that I think about it, that's wild. Yeah, how long do they relocate? How long? <laughs> I mean, no, seriously, how long? I mean, if you're if you're an owner, and this is, I'm not just talking shit this time. Like I'm actually like legitimately making a case here. Not for the Blue Jays, though. Relocate them. Um, I mean, your owner is already being like, "Hey, if you guys don't buy tickets, I feel like that's it. the writing I, is starting to appear." In my eyes, that's definitely like a uh oh. I don't think I don't think the NHL is in the business of relocating teams right now. I don't think they're going to relocate us. I don't think they're going to relocate Winnipeg. I just don't think they want to relocate teams. They have a good mix. It's it's ugly in Winnipeg right now, but when teams lose, it's ugly anywhere. Look at Chicago right now. Or pre-Bedard. It's uh, always ugly in Chicago, though. But... That crime rate? Good luck. Just, uh... Just... There's just uh, I just don't think the NHL's in business of relocating teams right now. What about in ten years? Let's just say just Winnipeg stays shitty. Do they or are they? Because I mean, like I said, your owner's already saying, you know, I know what he said wasn't wrong. I know you know that is correct. If you don't buy jerseys, hatch, you know, tickets, obviously, but. If you if you subscribe to the idea that the long-term plan for the NHL is to expand to 36 teams, I think it's going to take all of 10 years to do. So I, I don't see a scenario where any franchise, and it might take longer than 10 years to get to 36, but I don't see a yeah, scenario where any <laughs> franchise gets moved. It just it wouldn't make sense to basically say, and I know there's a lot of people talking about, well, um, you know, this guy wants a franchise and this guy wants a franchise. Well, they want to spend $300 million on a team that already exists and move them. They don't want to spend $750 million. So, yes, there's always going to be relocation talks because there's always going to be interest from different, I, I don't want to call them personalities, but different people interested in buying a team and moving it. The NHL is going to push hard to basically say, we just want to expand. That's it. We're not moving anybody. Makes more money that way. We're, we're, yeah, the, owner, the owners want to collect that expansion fee. Uh, that, they also get more share, too, because more teams, more share, right? Or I don't know. Uh, well, so Maybe smaller pieces, as long yeah, as they're, they're profitable, money. yes. As long as they're profitable, Oops. yes. That increases everybody's profit sharing and it minimizes um well it doesn't minimize but it reduces the amount of money that teams are paying out to teams who aren't profitable when that happens so yeah it, it's a big deal if the league can add teams and they're profitable and yeah, again i can also see the other side of that point though too like um I, I mean i totally get the financial point that you're making of you know the 300 million versus the 750 million of bringing a new team in 
But I feel like with the way that the expansion draft rules have changed and everything like that, probably if you're in the business of getting a team up and running, that's probably a more attractive to give that initial big investment because the teams that are always on the brink of relocating and all this stuff are probably not in the greatest situation. It's probably going to be multiple years before they even see success. But two expansion teams in a row now in Vegas and Seattle are way ahead of, you know, a Coyotes that could move or, you know, anything like that. So I totally get that point that you make, but I, I, with these people that have this kind of money, I, I don't even think that's a, you know, consideration for them, you know, like, okay, well, I'm going to save 300 million over here or 400 million here, but I'm going to put that into it and more to get it to where I want it to be. Otherwise we can go ahead and pay this a little bit more up front. Um, but we have a much better chance at not necessarily instant success like Vegas. Um, but that's set up a lot better for these new teams to come. So just kind of wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, it's, it's not a bad point. I, that's, that's where the gamble comes in, I guess. You're either betting on, I, it's like going to a, a roulette table and betting red or black. And, yep. you know, black pays out a small amount, but, you know, everything's come up black lately. Red might pay out quite a bit more, but if you lose, you know, it's a big deal. Because if you go out and pay $750 million for a team, which is likely what the expansion fee is going to be, and you run through the expansion draft and you don't have instant success, cost you $400 million to not have instant success. Part of why Vegas has no future is them selling their future to try to recoup that expansion fee as fast as humanly possible. Yep. Um, but the other thing I want to bring up about this is, look, I... On this topic, on relocation, it doesn't matter what team you are. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I'm not going to ever say another team should relocate. I know what it feels like. I know what I go through. I'm not going to be... I'm. You can troll all you want, but I'm going to be, for all intents and purposes, the bigger person. And I'm not going to cheer for Winnipeg to move because they cheered for us to move. I'm going to say, look, I know what you guys are going through. I don't want you to move. I don't want you to lose your team. It's just, that's, yeah. I don't want to see any fan base lose their team because I know what just the rumors of it are like. It's awful. It sucks. In most cases, I agree with you, but the irony here is that Winnipeg has already lost a team. Their fans understand what it's like to lose a team. And they're still pushing for you don't deserve a team. Move the Coyotes. So I, I got no sympathy for them. They know what it's like and they're still doing it. So I, to be honest, like, I don't know know why Winnipeg Jets came back in the first place. Like why Winnipeg of all places in 2011 that could have had a team like Seattle or even Vegas. Why Winnipeg again? What was the point of bringing it back? The building's ready. They had an owner that wanted to, to buy Atlanta and Atlanta couldn't find an owner that actually wanted to keep the team there. And that was the big issue. But in agreeing with Grandy's point, if the NHL was like, we have the Kings, they're the popular draw in Southern California, 
Anaheim's 40 minutes from there. They don't need both teams. Anaheim doesn't make enough money. They haven't been successful. We're going to relocate them. I'd feel absolutely gutted for Anaheim fans. Oh, yeah. But I wouldn't, like I said, I can't feel that way about Winnipeg fans because they've been through it. They know what it's like, and we're still getting that. I cut something out. It's it's funny that we kind of came this way because I actually had a topic I wanted to briefly touch on just to kind of further rub into the gatekeeping. <laughs> so I guess if I can bring it up. Um, recently, over across the pond, this little tiny town, Luton Town, made it. And their, their stadium holds 10,000-something people. And their front entrance, you have to go through people's backyards to get into the front entrance of their little stadium. But they're playing in the biggest league in the world, right? I've yet to see anybody say they don't deserve to be here. They should leave. Everybody is excited to be like, imagine how cool it's going to be to see that sport in such a tight area. And it's like, I don't know, just crazy. Bro, kind of came this way. It's how it should be. I exactly. That's I exactly right. It's exactly right. Latvia should be yeah. celebrated, even though we're bitter because we're American. We're still like that's badass. You know, that's because we're hockey fans. A true fan of the sport will want it to grow and prosper, even if it's a ten thousand seat arena. You got to walk through somebody's backyard to get to. It's just amazing to me. Amazing, but anyway, sorry about that. Good point, Tyler. I like that. Well, thank you. It just blows my mind every day. They're I'm just n- like it. So they're not a soccer team with a lion mascot holding a lacrosse stick, are no. they? No. No, they're, it's like a little shield in a house and like a wreath. It's it's a tiny – they had a whole scandal. They lost like in, what, 2009. I, they got removed and climbed all the way back up. Think, it's a great story. I think story. Tyler missed that joke. I do too. I think I, – I was just surprised he let you do a little bit of – a little dig at Chelsea without anything. Yeah, he's that's fine. We're terrible this year. I can't talk a single thing. We finished – we nearly got relegated, so I can't say a damn thing if I wanted to. That a boy, Chase. <laughs> Fuck off. I got my uh, flag. It's okay. We'll, we'll come back next year. We'll make top four. Yeah, we got so I say to myself. <sighs> Anybody who's just listening to this podcast for the first time, it's full of people with bad, bad soccer takes and bad food takes. Oh, food yep. takes. By the oh, way, Chase, yeah, yeah. can you remind me of uh, no, we how you like your nachos? We can dig into that shit next week. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Matt, I got it. Your Matt's will be blown away I, when he hears your, I need, your I need chi- a couple hours. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, uh, just answer me this. Sure. After the age of seven, should you eat ketchup? Oh so my god. On everything. <laughs> I don't see ketchup being it. that bad. Like I said, I don't I'm not obsessed with ketchup. I like ketchup. I don't eat on everything. I don't dip my fries in it all the time. But I don't see a problem with it. I see more of a problem with ranch or mayo than I do or guacamole. That shit's nasty. Over I get ketchup. My ketchup at Costco, dude. So if that tells you anything, I'm stocked. Oh, you get okay. You get the big Kirkland's best or whatever it's called. To put it to put it in perspective, I am ninety five percent certain Chase would eat big tortillas, ketchup, or mac and cheese with ketchup. Ah, uh, fuck mac and cheese. That shit sucks. Well, eat the ketchup at least. I'll I'll eat, eat half ketchup. of it. Not on a tortilla, though. Matt, let me ask you this then: If you had to choose for your life to eat a whole bottle of ketchup or a whole tub of guacamole, what do you pick? Ketchup. I hate guacamole. What are you, man? What do you go with? Trying to think of what I could add to them to make them taste better. Nope. Straight. You got to eat it straight for your life's existence. (laughs) 
Super Troopers syrup chug style. Oh, yep. You got to pick. I have to go with, I mean, that's not fair. I, I like ketchup. So if I had to go ranch and guacamole, my two least favorite, I'd probably go with the ranch. You know, I freaking hate ranch, but I'd probably drink that. Easier to go down than guacamole. Wow. Speaking of ranch, let's go get wings I, this weekend. I guess, to me. I guess probably the guac because there's so much vinegar and ketchup, I'd just be like puking my brains out at the end of it. Vinegar. Yeah, you have a chip. So, would you bring chips to, or are you going to eat it just with a spoon? You said I couldn't add anything to it. That's why I was like, well, if I can add Kroger something brand. to it. Kroger brand Fritos only, though. <laughs> hey, the chips you can have. No, fuck Kroger. I mean, if if we're allowed to add a dip, uh, something that you dip into it, I'd probably have to go ketchup because Surprise. I could at least dip fries in it, and I could cover those those fries in salt and try and drown out the taste of the ketchup. But what the fuck, do you eat on your hamburgers? Onions and jalapenos and bacon and Swiss cheese. Okay, well, the jalapenos and I'm in. Throw some ketchup on there, man. Or you could throw like some spicy brown mustard, or I don't like mustard. Mustard blows. I'm not a mustard guy. Yeah, you guys are uncultured. I know. Yes, sir. And these are the guys backing you on your guacamole food take. Just saying. Yeah, guacamole is just universally disgusting. That's just, yeah, just it terrible. Who the hell wants to eat Nine that? Out, Nine out of ten Mexican people don't like guacamole. I have to see Where the, are you pulling? I, I, I would actually oh. argue that one. I mean, he, no, where are you pulling? I mean, few that that just a few that I'm pretty close with. I've seen his yeah. wife's family. I mean, I yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, the ones you're close with, like. It's up yeah, on all their stuff. 90, 90% of them. <laughs> it's a pretty big amount. So does, does that mean that like guacamole is to Mexicans what like pasta, like like the shitty spaghetti that they sell is to Italians? Angel hair. Probably. Because hmm. I, so be- I I'm Italian. I freaking love like manicotti uh like eggplant like uh, there there's so many different like phenomenal italian dishes but if somebody's like here you want this like fucking dollar package of pasta with (laughs) some cheap ass tomato sauce i'm like no man that sucks that's not real italian is that the same with guacamole and mexicans i'm not sure i'd have to get back to you on that uh, ask an expert in my experience, it's a it's a region thing. It depends on what region of Mexico you're from, but that's just on my experience. Nothing more. So yeah, it's like the Sonoran state or the state of Sonora. Like, I mean, people have guacamole. Down Those there, guys make great hot dogs, and they don't put ketchup on it. Yeah, yeah, bacon wrapped. All I put ketchup on mine, baby. Sonoran dogs are good. But yeah, I mean, mostly that's what you do. Yeah, it's, that's right. Salsa and, and like you know pureed taco sauces and you know stuff like that, spicy stuff, but awesome stuff. But I think that dr- drowns out the preference for guacamole. Um, so yeah, definitely where I visit and the people I interact with, it's more of a salsa taco sauce, 
you know, that, that type of deal. Cause I, I just can't stand guacamole. So I was, I was happy to know that my people also did not. So wait, taco sauce, like fire sauce, like from Taco, taco Bell. Bell? No, 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 Jack in the box taco sauce. Oh yeah, dude. Oh yeah. Jack in the box got some good taco sauce. hate to say it, but yeah. they really do. Tip of the cap. They, yeah. they really do. When it's three 30 in the morning, man, there's nothing better than some Jack's tacos. Nope. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, we were talking about playoffs, but I I'm guess I disagree now with you okay, there. Huh? It's it's a green chili double from Waterburger at three thirty in the morning. Yeah, Waterburger doesn't do it for me. Oh, that that a one thick and hearty. Oh my god, that shit's bomb. That's a bomb ass sandwich. Yeah, it's all right. I'm getting. We just hungry. got a Waterburger. Close me by. too. I mean, I was actually thinking. I was like, I got a hey. box right down the street. Like, hey, we should. Uh, we should. Uh, you guys should all come up to Minnesota. I'll take you all out to sushi. Oh, God, what, a, what a waste. Uh, Save your money. What sushi are you having in Minnesota? <laughs> they have lakes, the, bro. By the way, yeah, lakes. That is, the most, that is still the most offended I've been over anything you've told you've said to me was when you tried to say I didn't like sushi, Matt. That oh, that got to me. You thought about it for like three days. <sighs> Whatever. Hey, um, you know what? <laughs> California rolls aren't real sushi, Grandy. California rolls. This man just. <laughs> I feel like, like sushi so much. Name three California albums. rolls. People in Minnesota. Yeah, not this guy in Minnesota. You're a transplant, so I guess that's fair. <laughs> right. Technically, yeah. I mean. Yes, but I don't no. Know, I don't know how that works because I was born here. That I lived most of my life in Arizona. Now I'm back up here, so I don't know if I'm a transplant to Arizona or Minnesota. I don't know which one works. You're I can see myself in Arizona if that counts. So, yeah. yeah, I guess so. Anyways, we are way off topic. So, yeah, let's grab that question of the week, man. I got to run here pretty quick. We got to get to the store before it closes. Okay, the sushi store. No. Good old bashes or fries? Which one's which one? Is that the question uh, of the week? No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, it could be. Could be. I think like the couple of our listeners out there in Australia for some reason they they keep putting us in the rankings. They'd be kind of confused. But my question of the week is I'm going to go ahead and give you NHL able skating ability. So, for your question of the week, I'm trying to figure out a way to phrase it correctly here. So, you need to pick a goaltender that you could beat in a shootout, like, you know, shooting out on them, obviously. But if you lose, you disappear from existence. But like I said, you can skate as good as the average NHL skater. You, you, you don't have to worry about your actual skating still because I'd be fucked either way. But you got to pick the goalie. I'll let you do past or present. They can be retired, dead, or current goalie that you think you could beat for your life's existence. In their prime or in their last game? In their prime. Like I said, you can skate and you can handle a puck as the average NHLer or skill, whichever is better. Louis Deming, there you go. That's a good one. Dude, I was going to say Louis, man. That's funny. Hmm. I got it. I'm going to go Jason LaBarbera. Oh, Jason LaBarbera. That name in forever. Oh, man. 
I'm going to oh. go the guy that was branded as the worst goalie ever by multiple people in the Sabres organization. Jonas Johansson. Jonas Johansson. The guy who couldn't even look good, who couldn't even look halfway decent behind last year's Colorado Avalanche team. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm. Yeah, but Louis Domingue was so bad, nobody would let him practice anywhere. Like, they didn't want him. Yeah, Domingue's a really good one. Domingue also won a playoff game, so there is that. Yeah, well, Jonas Johansson technically has a Stanley Cup, so... (laughs) How many of those playoff games did he play in? Doesn't matter, baby. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't matter. My name's on the cup, baby. Doesn't matter. Well, if we're going that way, doesn't Louis Domingue... Oh yeah, the lightning. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. I think it one or yeah. two. Actually, he might have oh. two. No, because yeah. No, he has a, no, because he, he he was on. he was only there last year, wasn't he? No, no I think he was there a couple years. Was Brian Elliott last, before that. Last year he was on Pittsburgh. Yep. Because I know, because that's where he won the playoff game. It was Let's the see. year before and the year before that. Well, well the, the first year they won, I'm pretty sure Brian Elliott was their backup. The second year they won it was Louis Domingue. Uh, hmm. He was last with Tampa Bay. Says 2018-19 season. After that, he went to the Syracuse Crunch, the Birmingham Devils, New Jersey Devils, Canucks, Flames, Stockton Heat. Last seen in the NHL 21-22 season with the Pittsburgh Penguins. You said 1718 or 1819? 1819 and 1718. Okay. Both those years he was with the okay, Tampa Bay Lightning. They, they won 1819. So, yeah, he has one he win. Is, then. He played. He is currently a Ranger, and I had no idea about that. That is funny. I don't either. That's hilarious. Yep. The Hartford Wolfpack. I hate that you said Prime because. I would totally try and score. I'd risk my existence against it. I would totally try and score like that Colano goal on Patrick Waugh, but oh, Patrick Waugh would have to be like 41 years now, old. Yeah. I, I think I might be able to score a goal on Patrick Waugh now. So, But I think I would still rather take my chances with Jonas Johansson. All right, wait a minute. So if I could skate like an NHLer, do I get to pick which NHLer? Because if I can skate like Datsuk, if I can skate like Datsuk, I don't care. I don't care who you're picking. It's over. Well, yeah, Yeah. but then you're over. Okay, skate like an Datsuk is last year. Because if you're if you're picking an elite NHL or talent, that that, well, if I was picking an elite NHL talent, I'll go against an elite NHL goalie. Who would you pick then? I wouldn't care. Like if I if I'm skating like Datsuk, I'll score on Vasilevsky. That's the skating ability with your hands. You still going to take it? No, no. I would rather have Datsuk's hands in my own skating ability. I don't give a shit how slow I go because I'll use his. Slow That's why I was wondering why you're arguing with the skating. So ability. I was like, okay. I mean, if I give you your hands, then what are you going to do with I meaning? He can skate pretty well, but 
Not gonna do you a whole lot of good I, when you so get I, up there. I, I thought you meant in terms of like you get the whole package. No, nope. my hands you get just the skating. Okay. Yep, you can ski <laughs> yeah, like an I'm... NHLer. killer. That way, because I, I can barely ice skate, so I'd be fucked either way. So <laughs> let's go ice skate. Um... Oh, I can't. I'm like tripod Who'd... out there. Who did Malkin score that slapper on on that breakaway? That was oh, against I know Philly, exactly wasn't it? What you're talking about. Who? That was against Philly, wasn't it? Yeah, but which goalie? I'm I'm all right, so I'm taking that scenario. If I get skate like an NHLer, so at my rink down here, we this was like a year and a half ago. We did like this weird skills competition on like a I don't you're, know, are you Day telling me you pulled an Adrian the coin? I well, a coin. well yeah. no, no, no. I, I didn't do anything in like a shootout competition, but um, we had like a, a random skills thing on like a Labor Day weekend or something like that because we didn't have enough for Ironman tournaments or anything like that. And, you know, there were no games scheduled. Um, and my hardest shot came in at 91. Wow. So, so. And now we're not talking about, you know, a 105 mile an hour shot or something like that. And I got no hands to save my life. My hockey IQ when I'm on skates is terrible. Don't look for me to pass to you. Just look for me to go in a straight line and take a shot and fucking blow it wide, wrap it around the boards and it go the other way. It's a bad situation all around. But if I could hit the net with my hardest shot, I'm shooting on whoever Malkin clapped one past. Well, thanks for answering I'm my trying to look that up, and I can. I'm trying to look that up, and I cannot find it. I don't. Think I remember he got like the shit beat out of him, like in front of the net, like knocked down like three different times. He was fucking pissed, and he's like skating back like gingerly, and Pittsburgh created a turnover and like threw it up to him, and he took like three strides and just clapped it and scored. It was one of the most epic goals ever because of that whole scenario. It was yeah. Just he possible. he just got like his ass beat the entire shift, and was like so pissed off. Took all his frustration out in a shot. <laughs> Made it personal. All right, yeah. Thanks, boys. For my question of the week. Anything else you want to cover before we let these fine folks get back to their whatever they're doing? I feel like since Chase hasn't been on in so long, he has to do a Coyotes Mountain Rushmore because he's technically a guest. There it is. All right, Chase. Mm -hmm. Give us your Coyotes Mountain Rushmore. Oh, and also, also, what's the fiercest animal you can personally (laughs) take? Uh, A question from last or a couple weeks ago. Uh, From like three months ago that keeps getting asked. Coyotes Mountain Rushmore. I'm going to go... Big Walt, Tempo, uh, Tempo Numenin, Donor, he obviously has to be on there. Um, Datsuk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, my fourth one is always one that I'm just always awesome. constantly switching. It's um, got to be Gary Bettman. Yeah, to be honest, yeah, no, that's, to be honest, that's, like that's, I that's think that one. would probably be the right answer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lindsey Fry still is my favorite fourth one. Somebody said still is my favorite. That was a good one. Pat Brown. Yep, that was a good one. 
Fourth, I'm going to go with um, the coach that took us the furthest in the playoffs in our brief history in Arizona and put Tippett up there. Um, it was after we built the Glendale Arena. It was some pretty lean years, man. And so to have those 2009. Those are pretty bad teams he took there, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. How would this team do now, like this year? Do you think we would have did that? 2012 team would have made playoffs this year? No. No, the the big difference in coaching styles is that Turnier is phenomenal with developing and getting the most out of young talent. And Dave Tippett was phenomenal with finding strengths of veteran players and making them work. Yep. And Tippett struggled. Tippett really did struggle developing young players. With the young, yeah. Yeah, very, very bad. It's just, it goes to show you, though, that different coaches have different strengths that are necessary. A coach that can help you at this stage of the rebuild, and this is insane, we don't know what Andre Tournier can be at the next level, so this isn't saying anything against him. He has no reason to have doubt at all right now. But... Just because a goalie or a coach gets you out of the first stages of the rebuild doesn't mean he's the coach that you win it all with. No. Also, it was Martin Biron. Thank you. I'm I'm shooting on Martin Biron. All right. (laughs) All right. So, Chase, second question. The fiercest animal that you could beat in a fight. You got to do the goal song, too, from last week? Uh, no, just just the animal, um, just the animal. We'll save the goal song for his food debate. Like, what song is he going to walk out to to his big bowl of ketchup? Uh, Tyler already knows all my walk up songs, but oh, that's uh, right, yeah, uh, yeah. We did talk see. about that one. Fiercest animal that I could take in a fight. Uh, I mean, I've killed snakes and stuff like that, rattlers, hand to hand, hand to hand combat. Yeah, you don't get a hard. shovel. Nope. Uh, Fisticuffs. I'm gonna go with uh, the stuffed animals over here. Well, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> teddy bear, a fierce teddy bear. I'd probably be pretty confident with something up to like a boar. <laughs> I feel like a I boar? could get away from. Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna Almost take it down. A mean thing. I'm a fucking no, no. This is it. a fight. This is a fight to the death. No, fight to the death. You can't oh, run. Shit, dude. You can't run. Give me a. Give, give me some small bird. Parakeet. <laughs> a blue jay. The, so that a Our blue jay is the most fierce off? animal. What's like a boar is pretty mean. Like a mama sow is one of the meanest things probably on the planet, to be honest. That's a pretty I, fierce I, fight. Have you, we, we, have we you seen them the, on the freaking lot, man? Little ones, dude. They're crazy. Those are javelinas. Are they boars? No, they're boars. Boars are like three times the size of a javelina. Oh, maybe it is a javelina. I know they got tusks and shit. I've kicked them. Kicked them with boots quite a few times. That's probably a javelina. Boars are yeah. freaking massive. Yeah, I'm not good with wildlife. Seen They're also Tears of the Kingdom. All right, so, what, what looks, so, looks like a boar to me. All right, so we, we've had this question asked to quite a few guests. I still stand by mine. I think I could take an alligator by jumping on its back. I don't oh, know, man. No. That female. tail, though, female. bro. No. Female, female alligator, to... because they're only yeah. two hundred pounds. I know, still no. You're you're Amos not fighting Moses an alligator. Over there? Hell no, that shit's shredding you up, man. No, they just do. jump on its back and hold they its jaw. Do. 
It doesn't matter if you're on its back holding its jaw, dude. No fucking the way. tail. That tail hey, can snap Steve your spine. Irwin like a... did it. Steve Irwin did it for years. Yeah, but he's a special case. Years. <laughs> he's a no special way. case who, outside of a few instances, also had a full team of backup mm-hmm. that jumped on the gator with him. I think only a couple in his first couple seasons, he actually wrestled one himself. Like when he was just him and his wife filming or whatever. I think it's the only time he ever yeah. really like wrestled and one by himself. Was, even then, you it give me a two hundred pound gator and I'm turning into a turtle and praying it doesn't come get me. <laughs> no, Amos, <laughs> there's, there's, there's nothing happening. <laughs> no, hey, Amos Moses over there. Hey, huh? Happy Gilmore took down an alligator. All right, that's true. Yeah, in the water, was inflatable. It was inflatable, Matt. You can tell when you watch the movie. It was in the water, and he beat a gator. Wait, wait, are you telling me? Wait, you're saying that that's not real? No, can't go on oh, Hollywood and tell lies. Well, we didn't kill a gator with his elbow. Okay, we didn't kill him. <laughs> that's bullshit. Everything you see on that's TV bullshit. is true. Yeah, Ugh. everything you see on TV is true. Yeah, exactly. I know. I know. Uh. Oh, sex files. Oh, and huh? since and since Bob Barker beat Happy Gilmore by the transitive property, Bob Barker is stronger than an alligator. <laughs> I, I can't argue that. You got the numbers. I, mean, I can't argue know. with that. The, the logic what? is logic for me, but yeah, that I I will give you that. So now, yeah. Matt, you have to go beat Bob Barker to prove. Yeah, there you go. The fierce animal Matt can fight is Bob Barker. <laughs> I'll fuck up Bob Barker. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. The price was wrong, bitch. Have to figure out what nursing home he's in these days, but I will fuck up Bob Barker. You you fuck up Bob Barker, I'm going to have a problem with you. I'm come find you. Will Matt become the apex predator of the world if he fucks up Bob Barker? No, he's going to be There's... dead, dude. Bob Barker's a gem. Protect that man at all costs. All the grandma's going to shank him on his way out. Shit, dude. All right, so, right so, every morning. wait a minute. If the apex predator was that Indominus Rex, but Chris Pratt and a little raptor were able to beat it, if I beat Chris Pratt, does that make me the apex predator? No. By the transitive logic, yes. No. But Chris Pratt does get the backup of whatever they use to film the raptor. Stuff dude on a dude with a foam raptor on his head. Yep. So he has that as his second. So you have to beat both. But he also didn't get assisted by the T-Rex in that one, too. So does the T-Rex get no, an apple in that? So, Well, okay, but it doesn't mean that, like... It, he still beat it by using the T-Rex. He he weaponized a T-Rex. You know, no, 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 no. Here's I mean... Tyler's right. Tyler's right. Tyler has a point. Because the T-Rex yes, got the, the apple, T-Rex right? Too. So he got double assisted, really. He got assisted by a raptor and a T-Rex. I mean, I could beat anybody with a raptor and a T-Rex on my team, though, <laughs> to be honest. But he does get a star at the end of the Mario Bros. movie and punches the fuck out of a giant turtle guy. So maybe hey, Chris Pratt hey, still spoilers. got some... Spoilers. It's been out for two months. So you, you had your time. You haven't seen it? You have your time. You've had it. It's on digital now. You've had your time. Twice. Uh, good. So yeah, I think Chris Pratt is the alpha predator of the world. <laughs> that's just that's just sad. Wait, he's a good guy. I like what, Star Lord's no, a badass. No, 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 because no. Star Lord's gotten his ass kicked multiple times. So who? But has he died? Who was the last person? Well, no, but 
Don't don't even is bring Bob, up Endgame. Has Bob That's... Barker? <laughs> Bob Barker. The... Oh yeah, Bob Barker was going... the alpha before Chris Pratt. Yeah, going back to the original argument, has Bob Barker died? Technically, did Happy Gilmore or the Gator die? Yeah, the Gator died. He took his head off and gave it to the guy Chubbs who fell out of the window. I forgot about that. <laughs> in the stool. Yeah, I got yeah. you this. I was in, in so long. In the 1974 wow. oh flood carpeted ottoman. That ultimately is what did old Chubbs in, man. What the fuck? <laughs> Guess that alligator finally did the trick, huh? It's all about Happy Gilmore, man. Go. Yeah. We're like we're like five percent hockey, ten percent terrible food takes, ten percent Chelsea, ten percent video games. Chelsea's kind of calmed down. They've been so bad. I haven't really brought them up as much. And a hundred percent reason to remember the name. Yeah, I was hey. somebody would hit it. Nice. Damn, boy. That's awesome. <laughs> nice you, man. Let's go. You know, That's... imagine someone walking in, like, right, to someone listening to this podcast. They get to this part, and they're like, oh, listen to Oh, hockey podcast I love. Huh? Chris Pratt, an alpha <laughs> predator? What? <laughs> yeah, Mom, I swear. It's a great hockey podcast. You can think we're some wandering scheme or something. Hundred percent reason to remember the day. Uh, That's the mic drop. Let's end this bitch. <laughs> All right. Well, that being said, boys, any last uh, things for real? We go this time for. I real. bet Mike Shinoda hates ketchup. He does not. Let's Google I've seen that. Him eat a hot dog. Not That's... everybody that eats a hot dog puts ketchup on it. In fact, there's most. I don't put anything on my hot dogs. Do. Don't put ketchup on it. Oh, not in this household. I have my hot dogs plain. So is is it official? Plain? Chase's household is that apex ketchup predator. Yep. Yes. Well, yes. by that math logic, that means Chris Pratt would fold. Yeah. As soon as he walks to his house, just get clapped, and that's it. Game over. No, no. I tried no. to, in the, I tried to call the. Uh... Chase I tried to call the, the owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers so I could steal their Heinz ketchup field sign when they took it down after they named it something else that was retarded, but they wouldn't sell it to me. So it is what it what is. Isn't it like Three River Stadium or something? It's something, something like that. And Heinz Field was just like synonymous with the Steelers, though. It's just it just sounds weird so, to say anything else. It's like it's like Staples Center. Not it's called Accrusure Stadium here. Accrusure name Stadium something. Just name stadium something and stick with it, and then they can have the sponsorship on top of it. Rather yeah, than honestly. That. Yeah, because I hate crypto.com. Like, Staples Center was such an iconic name. Now we either call it crypto.com or Footprint Center. Right. So, like, crypto.com presents the Staples Center? What I find funny is. No, like, like name, crypto- your, name, name your building, like, you know, like for the coyotes, uh, so to speak. Like, have it, like, just for. All intents and purposes, call it the den. The den brought to you by sponsor. Oh yeah, that's what. Okay. Oh yeah, what okay. I said. Yeah. Oh, I thought uh, you said like presents. Oh, it, well, changed, so, you had a look. yeah, but I, I, I still yeah. kept it Staples Center, and Staples Center doesn't have anything to do with those teams. It was like two sponsors. Yeah. But well, no, I, I, look, I like that right I like here that. because it says uh, the Heinz logo stays at Gate C at Acrisure Stadium. So I guess you can't keep the sign even if you wanted to. 
they still use it. So there you go. I'm still, still going to inquire. Have to do my due diligence. I mean, you might as well. I'm not going to stop you. Go for it. Um, Give me a big hindsight. So wait, when you get wings, do you do you get ketchup instead of hot sauce? Absolutely not. I get the hottest thing on the menu. And no ranch. No blue cheese. You do not. No, yeah. You do not drown out more wing sauce. sauce. More mm, wing sauce. So, so I, I, I still. Crypto.com's arena deal. They have another five years after this minimum. Is there a chance that the crypto.com arena name outlives cryptocurrency? No. I think cryptocurrency be around. Just it'll it'll kind of like mature out, like cell phones and everything else did. The people that think crypto is going away are the people that are like Jim Cramer, who have been in the finance industry for like thirty years, and they have an issue with something that they can't tangibly hold, like that they don't see as a business. But the reality is, crypto is used all over the world. I I can't see a scenario where it falls apart worldwide. Yeah, I think it's like the dot com bubble, cell phones. It'll it'll mature out and kind of find there's, its place. Yeah, there, there's third world countries that have adopted it as like their actual nation's currency. Like, it, yeah. like you're, one you're once it's that you're kind of ruining adoption. the joke. It was a joke. You're ruining the joke. <laughs> I, I own crypto. I own crypto, crypto. So if it goes away, I'm upset. There's no joking about my money. <laughs> I don't. You I own Bitcoin, money. Ethereum. I do own Ethereum. I also own Bitcoin and Matic. Uh, I love the fact oh, that Dogecoin. I'm just trying to make a simple joke, and it's no. Dogecoin has zero fundamentals. <laughs> it's got a dog on the on the box. It's kind of cool. Ketchup has the number fifty-seven on the bottle. It doesn't mean that it's only Heinz because it's real. It's real Heinz. That's how you know. All right, all right, all right. Let's close this up for real this time. All right. All right, so next week, uh, I think we're starting to cover, ramp it up with the drafts to hear more prospects from us. And I think that's maybe some other things, if anything breaks and between probably, now and then. Yeah, probably some arena talk as much as I'm we sure, don't yeah, I'm sure yeah, some will break. There, there some, will be playoff talk because games will have gone. Memorial mm-hmm. Cup ends uh, June 4th. Um, Seattle, Seattle picks up a win tonight. Dylan Gunther had a couple of assists. Uh, Seattle will play the winner of the Pittsburgh Peets and Kamloop Blazers on June 2nd, I believe. And the winner of that game will play Coyotes prospect Jeremy Langlois, uh, his Quebec Ramparts. Well, there you go. So we'll get more into that next week. Start. I think the final starts, what, June 6th, right? I'm not mistaken. No, I think they start start. this Saturday in a couple days. Uh, It's like June 2nd. June 2nd, okay. Uh, No, June 3rd. Sorry, June 3rd. June 3rd, yeah. I don't know why I thought. Anyways, so we'll see you guys next week when we cover all that.